Yo, what's good? It's your boy, Sapphire 76. This is a special edition of the Premier Podcast. So a lot of things have been going on in the music game right now. It's a very exciting time. Summertime is here. It's getting hot. Things are getting a little intense. So uh, Pusha T dropped a new album called Daytona, which is uh, incise seven tracks, about 21 minutes. But the bigger part about this is that he decided to go at the, uh, right now, the self-proclaimed one of the kings of rap, Drake. So uh, he went at him on the song Infrared, and there is a, uh, Actually, we're going to let them get into it. So we're going to introduce the co-host. Uh, we have the usual suspects. All right. This is uh, Marcus Sniffles. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Sniffles on Twitter. Um, of course, Tribbles is here. We're talking anything music. Uh, it's underscore Tribbles, two Bs and a Z um, on all social platforms. Hey, what's going on? It's your girl, Summertime Sky, um, coming in as a guest speaker once again. Uh, so thanks for having me. You can follow me on all social forms. Uh, so Summertime Sky, that's Summertime S-A-I. Tell, them, tell the people where you at, though. Where you at, though? <laughs> <laughs> so right. <laughs> so uh, I'm actually at a house party right now in Atlanta, Georgia, for Memorial Day weekend. So I do apologize if it's a lot of background noise. And if you guys cannot hear me, it's kind of loud. It's lit though. It's lit though. The committee, the committee, we're 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 for the turn up, and then we're also for giving you guys what the fuck you need. So (laughs) shout out to summertime. All right, so let's 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 get into this to this Daytona album. Like, uh, what was y'all's first reactions? Because for me, when it first when it first dropped, I was I was actually in Atlanta when when this album came out, so I didn't. I, I was listening to it on the road, but I didn't really get a chance to really sit down and really get into it until I got home. So, uh, Tribbles, what, what were your initial thoughts about the uh, the album? Well, first off, uh, crazy in 2018, albums still leak, I learned. Um, so Daytona actually dropped, I think, around like 2, 3 o'clock. It actually got leaked, and I got a hold of it about four o'clock. So from about four to midnight, I kept running it back, and I was very anxious for everybody to hear it. So you know, don't kill me, labels. But I sent it to a few people in the email. But just first, just first hearing that album, I thought one, Kanye is a fucking genius, and two, I thought Pusha T never lost it. Like I think a lot of times when we go a long span of time from hearing from artists, you kind of assume that they will fall off or something like, well, I do, I'll speak for myself. I get kind of nervous, like they haven't really been out here. They really haven't been doing a lot of like guest features, things like that. And I know he took on the exec role um, over at Good Music. So I was just kind of iffy if Pusha was gonna bring like classic Pusha and he definitely did. So I was excited about Daytona. I still am playing it. I think it was too fucking short, but I love Mm. the album. Yeah, I, I did kind of have that that worry with Pusha because he does have a lot on his plate. There are a lot of artists on uh, good music and there's a lot of music coming out. And then Kanye is his own separate thing that you have to deal with. You know what I'm saying? Like whatever he's doing, that could take days. Just one tweet can mess up your whole week from him. I know for me, I, I really enjoyed the album. I thought the, the beats were incredible per usual from Kanye West. I thought it flowed well together. Like Triple said, Push T is one of the one of the best rappers out there. Like he's he's got bars, he can rap, and he's very I don't want to say he's a he's a very articulate when he talks and when he raps. Like you understand what he's saying and he's very direct about what he's saying. 
So, uh, Sai, what, what you got about this album? What, what did you think when you first heard it? So, so I was actually on a road trip um, to Atlanta when the album dropped. And, I, of course, on an eight-hour drive to Atlanta, you have every opportunity to listen to the album, like, at least five times. So I feel like when I first heard it, I couldn't get past, like, track four. Like, I'm not going to lie. I had to really, like, replay each track, like, twice before I could go on to the next one because it was just, it was so much going on. In every song, it was like I had to listen to Pusha T's like lyrics, and then I had to go from that to listen to Kanye's beats. And I'm like, I can't do it at the same time. <laughs> like I literally had to do it in separate increments. So no, nah, but I really fuck with the album. It was it was dope. It was artistic, and that's the thing that I loved about it. It was artistic. It made you. It made me want to listen to it multiple times. So I think speaking about art, I guess the first thing we kind of should have got into was the album cover, because, you know, that's right now, that's not really, we're not really talking about Pussy T, um, I guess, as far as the music is going, more so than we're talking about the album cover. So I guess, Marcus, how did you feel when you found out that Kanye paid 85000 for a 2006 photo from Whitney Houston's bathroom? Okay, so I was listening to... Pusha T's, I believe it, it was his Hot 97 interview that he did. I list, I, I watched that, and he mentioned that, you know, like two days before Kanye Kanye ate it and was like, hey, let's change your whole album cover and let's go with this picture for 85000 I was like, that's probably the most Kanye thing I've ever heard. And I looked at the picture and I, I saw people were pretty upset about it because it's a uh, a picture of Whitney Houston's bathroom with like, you know, drug paraphernalia and all disheveled and whatever. My my question to y'all is when y'all first saw that picture, did y'all know what it was off the top? Cause when I saw it, I was like, okay, that's, that's interesting. But I didn't, I didn't know it was a Whitney Houston picture. Like, is that something, is that something that's well known? Should I have known? No, I think, I think what it is is because people found out just because like off Twitter and like, I think like one person must have said it, that it was Whitney Houston's like bathroom and then the rest of the world just kind of took it and went with it. Like I've heard that the picture was from 2006. I've heard that the picture yes. was from like 1980s. Like <laughs> I've heard a lot of different time frames from when the picture was taken and I've seen zoom ins of the sink <laughs> and I'm like, how did y'all even know this about this picture? But I don't know, man, it's, it's Kanye. I mean, what do you really expect? I, mean, from I, I, I guess I, I, I kind of felt like I was out of the loop because everybody was like, how dare you use this picture? I was like, is this a famous picture that went around and I just missed no. it? Like, how did this happen? I, for me, like, okay, so let me let me start off my mini rant with, I love Whitney Houston. I love her music. I bump Whitney Houston. But let's be real here. Like, at one moment, at a, at a few moments in her life, I mean, up until she died. So I think the conversation always switches once we lose the person. But Whitney Houston was synonymous with crack at some point in her life, for a very long time in her life. Um, and I think, one, it was a social media overreaction. Again, had they not said that it was Whitney Houston bathroom, it would have been a classic album cover. Definitely, as we look at the, the music substance that we have here with Pusha T, like, that's all he talks about is like crack and the the he I I had a playlist that I call like luxury luxury drug raps because he makes selling drugs sound so fucking glorious. But it's I mean, but I think the the album cover was just the opposite. It was just like the real life shit of it. And I think because when people die, we put them on this pedestal. 
it's it's quote unquote fucked up to bring up their past. But I'm like, it, I, the same people that we're talking about that are like, oh, this is disgusting, were definitely cracking jokes when being Bob, being uh, Bobby Brown was on TV. You know, so I just think it was. it's a social media thing to do kind of like the cancel culture it's a thing to just get riled up about something that i think in my opinion what could could they chose a different title i mean album cover of course i mean it's it's a million different things before they scrapped it they had to do a whole photo shoot or or figure out that from the beginning so of course they could have went somewhere else and of course kanye kanye the situation but i do not feel like that picture was enough to boycott, uh, you know, Pusha T or Let's Not Play Daytona as an album. I just think it exposed something that was out there. If we're going to be mad at anybody, let's be mad, be mad at, at Whitney. No, be, <laughs> one, one, be mad at Whitney for, for not being able to deal with the price of fame. And two, be mad at Bobby Brown's sister, who indeed took the pictures and sold them to the National Enquirer. That's oh, all. That's even worse that the family did it. And I mean, it's, it's, I think it's different when if it was Whitney passed out in the bathroom and it's her death scene. Like, if nobody said anything about the picture, nobody wouldn't have even known who's it belong who it belonged to. So I think it's just people just overreacting. Like I, you know, like like you said, you know, trips. Like people don't really know what the fuck they're talking about. They just they just listen to the, the tweets and they want to go on a rants about what they feel is right or whatever. But I mean, it's an album cover. It's provocative. Like everybody knows Kanye is provocative. It gets the people going. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Nobody exactly. knows what it means. <laughs> exactly. So I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I can understand because I've I seen somebody tweet about how what if Kanye would have put, if you know, somebody would have put Kanye's like how, his mother's hospital bed on the album cover or something like that. And it's kind of like, I get it, you know, you want to be respectful of the family, but the fact that the family sold the picture in the first place means yeah, that they that's what I was going to say. Yeah, it's I fair gonna, game. I, it's fair I, game at this point. I was going to say, the only people that really have the right to be upset about this is the family, but you just said that the family sold this picture to the right. National Enquirer. So this picture's been out there for, what, since 2006? So it's been almost over 10 years. When, when, a long time. When I first initially saw the tweet, because again, you know, people just make up anything on the internet, you're supposed to believe it. So when I saw the tweet that it was Whitney Houston's bathroom, initially I go do my Googles and that's when I find out like it's 2006, like, and they have, you know, it's different angles of the the bathroom that the sister took the picture after a, a, a crack binge or some kind of word they use. But I'm just like, this is on the internet. This is like, honestly... I feel like they, of course, they had to pay for it because they're gonna, you know, receive like royalties for the album. But I'm like, nigga, I could have made this my my Twitter Abby if I felt like <laughs> looking up, a, you know, because it's on the internet. It's it's there. I, I I think a big thing about this is it's Kanye West also. Like Kanye West is going through a lot these last couple couple weeks with his, you know, Twitter Twitter rants and his interviews, and then you find out it was his idea. To, to change the album cover, people already are are hyped up on Kanye. He's the most polarizing artist out here. So if he does something like this, you're going to get a, a huge reaction. And I somewhat understand people getting upset, but we can only get so upset about this, even because I, I love Whitney Houston too. I grew up on Whitney Houston. My, my parents can get you VHS tapes of me singing to Whitney Houston. It's, it's embarrassing, but they're out there. So I'm not, you know, one of these people who doesn't care about Whitney Houston. Like, I love her music. I still listen to it now. But this is this is real life. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, this is a this is a price of, of fame. And the this is the the sobering side of, of drug use. Like, if you're a drug user, if you're if you if you're an addict, if you abuse things, this is 
what it looks this what is it what reality like. this is what reality looks like this is right. kind of the uh um from jay-z's american gangster when he there was a song on there that he did where he talked about how the addict can't give it up and this is almost like a visual representation like it's all glamorous and cool to sell drugs but we never talk about the people that are buying the drugs that are receiving the drugs how their life is impacted how their life falls apart and if we're if we're gonna dive into the whole like artistic you know album cover that's that's what i got from it it's like hey this is the reality you know these rappers they show you they, they they're out here you know in, in bentley's and popping bottles because they sell drug or drug dealers you know they're out here flashing all this stuff but what's on the other side what's the reality what's the flip side to to these drug dealers and that album cover for being honest is is damn near perfect for the for the music that comes with it Oh yeah, yeah, and I think it's interesting that even like when when Pusha was talking about how Kanye changed the album at the last minute, he was saying how Kanye was like, "No, this is what the people need to see. Like, this is what you know the game needs right now. They don't need the the Pusha T face on the album your cover, but they need the Whitney Houston drugged out bathroom cover. Yeah, not, <laughs> because not, not what they want to see, what they need to see. Right, need to right. see this side. Yeah. Right. It's no. the price of fame, for real. I mean, and that's that's unfortunate about it. It's just... And and I think that's what Kanye wanted the conversation to be. You know, like I think of course we're in this this social media the social media like era where you just find something you get upset about it. But I think this is the conversation that he really wanted us to have. It's like, all right, Whitney Houston over the you know took over the eighties, made hits in the nineties. Like she was, she's a superstar. Like the first, I think they kind of claim her as like the first pop star somewhat um and this is the side that we never got to see like you know we we saw bits and pieces of it but that's not the that's not how people wanted us to, to witness Whitney you know? right and I but, think that's what people are so upset about is because they had a nerve like they wanted to see Whitney as that pretty pop star princess who may have did drugs but she didn't want to see what her home life was like you know what I mean saying so I, I I get it but at the same time it's art I mean whatever the family sold it so it 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 is it is a part of of celebrities that we don't really that we don't want to see but sometimes we need to see this stuff because i i remember watching the uh the amy winehouse documentary and there was a couple of parts in there when they were documenting like her downfall i'm like i don't i don't want to see this like this is not what i wanted to see but it also helps it helps me to empathize with people that are famous that are people that have some kind of addiction because when you hear about like when i was younger and eminem was talking about you know rapping about having a pill problem or drugs and od and i was like oh haha eminem whatever you're rich get over it but then you actually get into their lives and they show you this and you're just like man this shit is this is it's a lot harder than we think it is like we go around thinking these celebrities are not real people like for me whitney houston was just a voice on through my speakers or uh, uh, someone on TV, she wasn't somebody real, someone that I could touch. She wasn't someone that had a life. The only life Whitney Whitney had to me is when I heard her through my earphones or when I saw her on TV. This is what her life was, or this is what part of her life was outside of singing and stuff. And sometimes we got sometimes we got to see that. And some people were complaining, not complaining, but I feel like at some point. Kanye needs to do that. You know what I'm saying? Like people were saying, well, why don't you put your your sink because you were addicted to pills or whatnot? But just the just the fact that Kanye was able to come out and say, 
like, hey, I was addicted to, to pain pills or whatever kind of pills. Like I had to take seven just to go to sleep. We're, we're in a new age where people where celebrities are more open to talk about this stuff and expose what is actually going on with them and what it's like to be famous. Because everybody wants to be famous, but don't I don't want to be that famous to where I got to do this. Nah, everybody wants to be famous till they famous. That's exactly, yeah. <laughs> you know. But I mean, just bringing it back back around to the album, I guess. What are um, some of you guys' favorite tracks? I know it's only seven, so probably. I mean, if you say all seven, I guess we can't be <laughs> can't be too mad. But is there any one or two that stuck out mostly for you guys? I well, I, I'll say the one that stuck out to me was "Comeback Baby." That was uh, the big one. I like the uh, the sample how it started off with that and then switched right into hip hop. A hip hop beat and then went back. It was kind of like uh, Otis. That's why I really liked it because I liked the uh, the Watch the Throne album. So I, I thought that's what Kanye might have been listening to or might have been inspired by to to try to recreate that sound. So that was that was mine. I like Santeria, oh, and yeah. I like it because it has that that Spanish like um, you know just that Spanish influence in it. And I feel like that's where hip hop is going a little bit. They I mean the fact when I look think about Cardi B and I think about like some of the major artists that are starting to come out, they're starting to have that Afro-Latino like influence. And I really like that that's the, like Kanye can be that forward looking to see that that's where hip hop is going. And I just really like the beat. I mean, it, it, it just, you can't get better than, than, than Hispanic guitar like influence. That's, that's my favorite. But of course, infrared, and I'm sure we're going to get to that later. That was just, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I couldn't help but replay that for <laughs> four times off the first listen. But uh, for me, I think definitely uh, the what is it, Santeria? That that one was really good. I, I actually put that as like my number two. My number one was the first track. If you know, you know. Um, I just think like. I don't know. I'm a really big intro buff. Like if you could just grab my attention from the intro, like I'm most likely going to sit through your album. And I think that's what it did for me. Um, the rich boy line was probably my favorite bar that I heard, like up until I started playing it over and over. I'll first listen. Um, and then also infrared. So I guess, I mean, since we both like it, we can go dive deeper into infrared, which is probably the standout track because it set up, set us up for the weekend basically um, with, the Drake disc, which we'll talk about. So I guess pressing play or once, you know, track six roll off and infrared starts, like what goes through your brains? Uh, sorry, sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm literally listening for the Drake reference. I'm, and when I first heard that he was dissing Drake on the album, I'm immediately thinking Drake is, I mean, uh, Pusha is going to call Drake out by name because that's what I think. I mean, at this point, he had done so many subliminal disses. I'm like, this is the only way that you can really call out Drake is just by saying it by name. But when he just had the little reference to Quentin Miller, I was like, eh, okay. I mean, I guess it's a it's a reference diss, but it's not a full-on, like, <laughs> you know, diss track like I thought it was. But immediately, the first thing I had to do was literally the whole album was separate the beats from the lyrics. And then I just literally was just like, yo, Kanye was on another level with the beat. Like the production, the quality of the sound was just phenomenal throughout the whole thing. But I especially think for infrared, it was like, man, it was just, it, it just gets you. It just, you got to replay it. <laughs> That's the only thing I could say is like replay. 
But it wasn't, I mean, I don't know. I'm kind of disappointed to push, and I know this is, like, shocking, but I'm like, I need push to call out Drake by name at this point. I mean, you, y'all been sneak distant since, what, 2012, like. Yeah. I feel I feel like rappers don't do that no more, though. Like, they're not going to come out and say dudes' names or females' names because it's like, well, I don't want to give them any pub. I'm too cool to say their name anymore, so I'm not going to say it. You know, that's that's kind of how it is now. But it was, I mean, at this point, you let everybody hype for the track. Yeah, but, yeah, because because he brought it up during the the hot 97 interview like Ebro was like yo what's up with this this drake song like what what's up with this drake this and push was like yo this is this is where i'm rapping i'm coming at him like that's that's what it is and i i appreciate yeah. that i appreciate that he wasn't like you know trying to be all like oh I, I you know i'm not trying to really get at him that like that it was just you know it's just a line it's just a bar but he really said like yo that yeah i'm getting at him and i i appreciate yeah. the honesty and uh so i i knew the that song was coming before i heard it because I, I heard the interview before the album and right. I, I thought it was a it was a solid disc. It, it's not probably not the best. It's not the hardest Pusha T has ever gone. Like he probably could go harder if he really wanted to. Yeah. But it it, it it was enough for Drake to have to respond. I'll say that. And that's I'm assuming that's what what Pusha wanted is a response because Drake Drake don't respond to everybody. No. He, he picks and chooses his battles. Um, I think for me, hearing the song, uh, everybody knows I'm a huge Jay-Z fan. So when Pusha starts off with, you know, the same rhyme cadence, some of the same words from, uh, was it Kingdom Comes, the, uh, the prelude? The, um, yeah, it was the intro actually for King, from the Kingdom Come album. And he comes on and so like, I'm listening to it. And maybe like after the third or fourth listening, like we listening to it, I'm just like, damn, like, this is Jay, essentially Jay on some new Yay beat, and this may never happen to fucking again. Like, I kind of got sad. I was like, I know we here for the, for like, the beef shit, but I'm like, damn, breaking it down. Like, will we ever get another Hove in, like, Yay track before, like, Hove hangs up the mic for real, for real, before we completely cancel Kanye? So, like, Infrared, <laughs> Infrared kind of did that for me, so I was just, like, kind of taken back, but just breaking it down, like you said, I was kind of I was kind of disappointed that we don't hear names um but like you said it's just kind of the common trend you just assume you know you pick and choose what you know but i was definitely disappointed that he didn't with the caliber rapper use that he didn't just say his name um but i think overall it was definitely it was a it was a mid-grade diss track i don't think it it goes down like top 10 top yeah no definitely 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 mid-grade. yeah people compare it to like nods and jay-z yeah like, definitely not come back as like ethan i'm like whoa no yeah <laughs> that guy that tweeted that i don't know what yeah but no definitely a good track I, do i think it's gonna go down forever forever as best no. you know starter rap beefs no that's not no. it that wasn't the no. track, but it was, I mean, it was definitely needed. I think he addressed a lot of things that we have, you know, kind of things that we've already reiterated, but just kind of solidifying, like just putting it out there. The Quentin, the Quentin uh, Miller line, of course, that's how we all attached it to, to, to Drake. But I think that was, I think that was his way of saying Drake without saying the words Drake. Yeah, you, <laughs> like, you, you yeah, say Quentin, you say Quentin Miller and everybody automatically assumes Drake's ghostwriter. But yeah. let me let me ask y'all this question because I, I I've been hearing a lot about you know back and forth about ghostwriting and he doesn't write his own lyrics or whatever. Is is there is it wrong to have? Is there is there anything wrong with having a writer versus like a ghostwriter? Because if we look at you know Kanye's discography, he'll show you who who wrote for him. He'll show you like if you go through, you look at Jesus Walks, you'll see Brian Fest on there. You look through. 
my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, you'll see Sci High on there. You look through uh, College Dropout, you'll see Consequences name. He, kind like, are we not allowed? Are rappers not allowed to have writers? And is it worse to have a ghostwriter? Go ahead. Here's the thing. What's the, what, what is a ghostwriter? Is it somebody who's just in the studio with you that's helping you, you know what I'm saying, find your find your zone? Because I don't see that as ghostwriting. Like, if I'm writing bar for bar, like, I've handed you a piece of paper of, like, bars that I want you to say, that's definitely ghostwriting. Like, absolutely. Well, when, I, when, I think, when I think ghostwriting, I think of, like, Dr. Dre's album or N.W.A.'s album. Like, Ice Cube pretty much wrote that whole yeah. thing. But I feel like if we, but if we look at the credits, isn't his isn't he credited as a writer on those songs? I but see, I feel like it's it's one of those things. Like th- this is my my quote unquote beef with Drake in regards to the ghostwriting allegations. Don't don't get out and say, oh, I'm the number one rapper. I'm the king of this rap shit. You know, I'm top two and I'm not two. And you got four or five niggas in the studio feeding you bars. Like it's one thing. It's one thing to have help. But it's, it's, it's another thing to be like, oh, I'm this nigga, I do this, I do that, when you, it's really a, t- a collective effort. You know, and I'm not saying that Drake should be on songs like, shout out to Quentin Miller, shout out to X, Y, and Z who wrote his tracks, but it's like, take some of that bass out of your voice when you know it's really not you, my nigga. Like, that's all I'm asking for in regards to like the ghost writing and helping people write. Like, don't don't say your pen is ill when it's, your pen has been passed around on the <laughs> <laughs> to be on the piece of paper. That's just my <laughs> And that's the I, difference between Kanye and Drake, I think. I feel like Kanye never claimed to be, like, the best rapper alive. He's just like, I'm the most artistic nigga alive, and I'm probably the best in fashion. But Kanye knows that he's not the greatest lyrically, so he doesn't even boast that. Drake Drake is boasting about it in his songs. Like, can't nobody touch my songs. And it's like, you don't even make them. <laughs> I mean, Drake, you just deliver Drake, them. Drake thinks he's Jay-Z out here. Yeah. And, and I gotta give him credit, because he's been, t- I mean... T- 10, 15 years in a game strong, like putting out straight good stuff ever since comeback season. Like, yeah, consistent. He's, he's but, definitely consistent, but I don't think, I don't think he has, I don't think Drake should be synonymous with best lyricists in the game. I'm fine no. with the entertainer. I'm fine with even using the word rapper because you can be a rapper and not be a lyricist. That's, that's my humble opinion. So, I mean, is, would you consider Drake even like a top 10 lyricist right now? Top 10 lyricists? No. I don't, I don't, I don't. Top 10, top 10 rapper? Hell yeah. You, you can't, you can't argue. We, we call it the Drake stimulus package. You put Drake on a song, you damn near, you hitting your top 100, like off rip, off of that alone. So, I mean, you can't take away from what he's doing, but I think when we go into the conversations of lyrics, right, lyricism and writing and all of that, you can't really put him in that. And that's not to say, because I, somebody on Al, Gore, uh, Al Gore's internet tried to say that Jay-Z didn't write his raps, which we all know is like lies. But that's not to what? say, but that's not that's not to say that I like for for me, I don't feel like if me and Sniffles are in the booth and I say a line and Sniffles is like, no, it sounds better if you say this line. I don't consider that ghostwriting at all. I don't. I think that if two musicians or if two people who know music really, really well can identify where something is is lackluster and you can take it to another level, to me, that's not ghostwriting. That's just like, yo, I'm trying to help your shit go to the next level, but you did the basis. I'm just kind of, I may come in and shade him, but you definitely did the outline. Like you, you freehand drew everything else. I just came and put a little crayon on top to make it look a little bit better. Um, so. I don't see no problem with that. I feel like as long as you give, if someone helps you out, as long as you give them credit, as long as they get paid for it, I'm 
I'm cool with that. Like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, well, you can't be number one if you got someone helping you out. But if you're out here claiming to be number one and you got people writing songs or writing bars or writing 16s for you and you're not giving them credit for it and you're paying them under the table because you're, you're hiding something. Why, why aren't they in the credits? Why don't you let people know that, hey, this guy helped me wrote, write this song? Every, I mean, it's, everybody does it. Everybody has, Everybody needs help. Like, let's not... Let's not sit here and act like all these artists, whether it be rappers, R&B singers, pop stars, rock stars, whoever, that they just go in there and do everything by themselves. Everybody needs help. Beyonce needs help. Kanye needs help. Drake needs help. Kendrick needs help. Everybody needs some kind of help to perfect what they're doing. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, it's been happening since, I mean, 90s, 80s. I mean, ghostwriting has been in full effect since I think hip hop has really started. But it's just lyricism. If you say you're a lyricist, you're a lyricist. If you're not, then just say you make good songs. And that's cool. But don't claim to be a lyricist. Like Pusha T, if if Pusha was really to ever call out Drake on the song and really go at him 100% for an entire song, it's over. Drake couldn't survive that. <laughs> no. Well, the problem the problem with this and Drake is that you can't... There, there's nothing that he hasn't said about himself. The only thing you can get at Drake about is ghostwriting. Because he's already talked about, you know, you're getting bodied by a singing nigga. Like, he knows he's that guy. He knows he's that light-skinned dude singing in the club to the girls. He knows he's wheelchair Jimmy. He po- he pokes fun at himself. But, so I mean, what, 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 what are you going to do? How are you going to get that's him? That's the, uh, the B-Rabbit effect. That's what I like to call yeah, it. It's like the- you, try to, you, you try to use everything that, that you know someone else can use on, the, on them. But... In my opinion, I think, and we'll get deeper into to their little section of beef. I think that's why we haven't seen Pusha T come back because it's like, I gotta gain, I gotta gain, I gotta get at you from another angle. Everyone has been attacking you this one way, so you think you know my strategy, you think you know how I'm coming, but I know, so you know, we know Drake is like damn near a male whore. Who's to say he hit up the girl that he was, you know, I think, I think just with Pusha T's movement in regards to infrared, it was this infrared was definitely a setup for something that's going to be a lot bigger to to come. That's just my opinion. Maybe. I mean, does Pusha T even have to respond? I mean, does everybody just know that he's already the superior lyricist in this and that he's just. All right, Drake, you say what you got to say, but... Because, no, because Pushy gave... And, and Infrared was not the only song in particular that I feel like he gave Drake bars. I think in If no. You Know, You Know, it was it was a couple of lines in there. But I think I think this is all strategic. It, it's, it's strategic marketing. Shout out to Joe Button, one of my favorite episodes of this podcast. But it's all strategic marketing at the end of the day. Yeah. Like, if, I, I don't care what anyone says. Infrared was a setup track because, like, like we all sat on here and agreed and said, like, one, we know this is not the first time that Pusha has subliminally or physically said Drake's name on a track, and he's come a lot harder than he has before than now. So I'm like, in my opinion, I'm thinking like, all right, why go soft now? Like, out of like, if you've been giving me heat for years, why come soft now? And I think right. I think it's just a bigger picture that mo- the most the more casual fans they do not see. So like I say, will it, will it happen next week? Will it happen too much? I don't know when, but I think this was definitely a setup, like the whole bait thing or, or whatever. I hope so. I hope this, this leads to something uh, great back and forth, but I will, I know we're not talking about Drake's response yet, but I, I when it, when it dropped, I was, I was at the concert and 
just based off of Twitter, Twitter was like, oh, Drake ended Pusha T's career. Like, if, I, oh and I had, I hadn't even, I hadn't even even heard the song yet. I hadn't what? even heard the the Drake song. And I was like, I was looking through Twitter while I was waiting for the next set, and I was like, man, Drake must have really got him. He must have really got at him. My goodness, like Twitter is saying, or my like, R.I.P. Pusha T was trending, and you know, Pusha T is trash. <laughs> I was like, man, niggas. <laughs> yeah, and then when I finally got a chance to hear the song, I was just like, hmm. Okay. okay. Right. All right. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it was good that he was coming back direct that Pusha was no subliminal. I mean, Drake was a lot more direct than Pusha, I feel like. I mean, he said the man's like Beyonce in a song. I mean, Vanessa Williams can't really get further, I mean, more personal to that. And that's why I say, like, I wish Pusha would have came so much more harder and personal than Drake because now, now niggas is really out here thinking that Drake can end Pusha T. And it's like, no, you can't do that. Not after 20 years in the game. You can't do that. But. <laughs> I like okay so you know everyone who knows me for my social media like I'm not I'm not a huge Drake fan I'm really not like I I fuck with the hits the hits are the hits but as far as like going deep album cuts and all like that's just not my cup of tea whatever but so when I get on Twitter and I see like W Freestyle I'm like oh shit let me press play and this nigga I hear play and this nigga is like rapping and I'm like oh fuck like this nigga like it was kind of one of those moments where it was like yo drake can really fucking rap like this nigga's rapping his ass off but it took and him three days to write it so it, it took him more than three days to write that or get or help get help writing the, right, you right. know sharing the pen um and, and let's just say that now for, for the podcast for the because we i think we probably get a lot of casual music fans listening to this and not necessarily like hard body the duffy freestyle was not written in 24 to 48 hours it's it's it was not a freestyle it also was not a freestyle. Not a freestyle. Um, <laughs> like, it's, I think these things need to be said because, again, with the internet age, especially with the core, with the core of music fans right now being like the younger generation, they don't really know what beef is. They don't like. They don't understand this. And I think with the Duppy freestyle was a lot of industry politics and shit. So either somebody inside of the good music camp leaked that out, or. You know, we've seen producers do it from time to time, yeah. but of course that's Kanye. So Kanye leaked it and gave it to Drake, but somebody gave Drake a wind of what was being said on that track, and Drake had ample amount of time. He had time to set up his his release because my thing is, if I heard this 24 hours ago, let's just say he heard it that Thursday, because that's when the link of Pusha rapping actual infrared kind of floated around. So let's just say he heard it Thursday. It's no way that guy had that executed it to a T and put that out way before like nine o'clock Friday night. Just no, this is it's just no way. The Drake, sound engineering in itself was too phenomenal to be exactly turn around. Drake so, is he's I a mean, perfection. Drake is a perfectionist yeah. and he, he's very calculated in his movements. So to to say that he heard that 24 hours, came up with this great material, got it mixed and mastered, threw it on SoundCloud and, and, and gave it to us within 24 hours, that's just not feasible at all. That does seem pretty shady if someone like gave that to Drake two it's two or three days ago. Though. I mean, the timing, it's all about marketing. I wouldn't even be surprised if, if Kanye was the one to leak it to Drake. Like, honestly, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. That yeah, it would be super annoying to if Kanye would have did that. Like, just, oh, we're just going to use use Drake as promotion. Like, I don't, that's not the kind of promotion you want. Because it, it, it's, because people were saying like, oh, Drake didn't give Pusha 24 hours to, to have his day with his album. And like we we all know that 
that dumpy freestyle. He didn't do all of that stuff within 24 hours no to put way. it out that way. Like we know this. So <laughs> let like who who who's the mole? Who did it? Someone needs to step forward and take claim to this. Like, hey, I was the one that did it. I gave Drake the song. Like, Real music heads want to know who leaked. Who did it? Who did it? <laughs> <laughs> find we them. Find that out. We'll never find that out. It's, uh, that's too. Unless Pusha says it on the rebuttal track. <laughs> right. Right. No, he's not. It's, it is what it is. But Pusha's not even going to respond. I haven't felt like. Not, not in like the next week. He's going to come back with another freestyle. I mean, another track, maybe a week or two from now, maybe a month from now, and maybe respond. But. Well, let's let's talk about that because um, and in shout out to Charlie, which is one of my friends and actual listener of the podcast, and he he wanted me to make sure we spoke about this. But the this new culture that says if you get dissed on Monday, if you don't respond by Wednesday, you took an automatic L. When we look back at notable rap beefs, you know specifically the Jay Z and Nas beef for this conversation, Takeover came out in September. Ether didn't come to December. So, and I'm thinking like, okay, if we're in this time and era and this happens, like Jay-Z would have won the battle in September. I.e., I do think he still won the battle, but that's, a, you know, we're just going to mm. go, we're just going to go, we're just going to go with, with hip hop standards. <laughs> but, you know, so we're going with hip hop standards, but you know, like came September, Drake, I mean, Drake, Jay-Z would have been the winner and we would have washed our hands and would have never looked at Nas. So how do you guys feel with this culture that you must respond with an X amount of Z time or you're washed, or you got bodied, or you know whatever the case may be, whatever the Twitter words they use. Well, it's, go ahead. No, Sorry. you got it. Go ahead. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. I feel like it's unfortunate, but it's kind of the way that the music industry is set up now because our attention span is so sh- fucking short. Like, you could put out a hit one day, and next week it's another hit that's out. So you kind of it's either you adapt to the way that the, the music industry is changing or you don't. And it's fair if you decide not to, but just understand the risk that you take with the general pop, you know, popularity of niggas going to you got body because you don't respond in time. I mean, look at Nicki Minaj and Remy Ma. Like, Nicki never really responded until, like, what, a month later, <laughs> two, two, three weeks later, and everybody just knew that Remy got her. But not it's not even about quality anymore it's, and it's unfortunate but that's kind of the way that you know with the internet everything is so fast and readily available you gotta put the kind you you gotta come ready like if i'm pushing i, I would have responded like by next week just just because <laughs> i see that's the i think that's what's kind of the the mystery part for me because i don't necessarily subscribe to the 48 hour thing but I feel like, again, with that disc being kind of a mid kind of diss track, you would think he kind of had one in the tuck. Kind of what Drake did with Meek Mill when they had their beef. He released Charged Up, which we don't really talk about Charged Up anymore because he dropped back to back like a few days, like, you know, within like 24, 48 hours. So it was just like, why not? And, and real music fans know, not the casual listeners, that Charged Up and Back to Back were recorded on the same day. You just, I mean, that's just smart again strategic marketing from drake so my thing is with pusha he has to have something in the tuck already but what you know kind of in my brain is trying to wonder like what is he waiting on to to respond because i do think we will see a Pusha t response i think it, it, i think when when the invoice when drake did the invoice on instagram i was like okay now push is gonna move push is gonna move 
That was disrespectful. At this point, when you send an when I say send me an invoice and you actually do it, at that point, I have to respond on wax. Like, it, there's no other way. And also, I mean, like, if we break down the W freestyle, some of the things that he was saying to me, like, you bring up my fiance, which, in my opinion, I get it. It's a rap beef. Everybody should be off limits. But bringing in a woman who, you know, she's not... Like, it's, it's different when Wayne and Jay-Z are going back and forth and he mentions Beyonce. She's a notable person. She's notably attached to this guy. But Virginia Williams, most people don't know who she is. She's a casual listener doesn't know who Virginia Williams is. Right. You know, then you're bringing up your brother, you know, his brother, which, I mean, he's a notable person, but Malice is kind of, well, no Malice is his new name, has kind of taken back, you know, from this kind of rap style. You're coming at his drug, uh, you know, his drug resume, like being a drug a drug dealer, when that's clearly kind of his lane of, of rapping. So Drake really took some low blows within his, his response. And I feel like this is why me, with me being the, the music head, I'm like, well, Pusha kind of has to respond because he's coming at some shit that's really not tolerable from a, from a beef standpoint. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I'm, I guess I'm fortunate, fortunate enough to be old enough to remember the days where, you know, you could, where beef could be extended, where you didn't have to respond within 24 to 48 hours. But I mean, as far as Drake bringing up, you know, Pusha T not being Pablo Escobar, I mean, how how much does that really matter these days? Like, if Pusha T wasn't the biggest crack dealer in Virginia, that doesn't change the fact that he's a good ass rapper. That doesn't change the fact that his bars are hard as shit. Because I mean, we got we got Rick Ross out here. He's still out here cooking, and we know what he's about. He's right. not about that life. We know so, he's not even a really Ricky Rose. He's not even the real one. So. Yeah, that's so. not that's not who you are. You're just you're a character, and and we understand that. Like that's fine. Like for him for Drake to bring up, oh well, you ain't a big drug dealer. Like nigga, we know. Like we got it. I'm pretty sure Pusha T and Jay Z ain't seen a brick in a long time, but they st- steadily rapping about it, and that's <laughs> cool because their bars are still good. So that's fine. I mean, Drake could, I mean, Pusha could easily say, Drake, you're not a real rapper. I mean, hey, we all got some things that may not be <laughs> the top notch, but it is what it is. I mean, Pusha is a phenomenal rapper. I mean, that's he has always been, and I think he will always he always will be. Let's say Drake doesn't even have a ghostwriter in a room and it's just Drake and a pen and a paper. How I mean, what's I mean, what is he giving us? So Drake needs other people to make good songs. Pusha can make a good song by itself. Which well, is- see, I, I I think I disagree with you on that. I think really, I think Pusha T is a better rapper than Drake, but I think Drake is a better songwriter. I mean, if that it's it's a slight difference because he makes like uh, like zero to a hundred. Like I don't think Pusha T can make that song, but zero to a hundred isn't like a lyrical ass song. No, but it's a it's a cool song. It's a fun song. It's a big song. And that's, that's, yeah, that's kind of what differentiates, I don't even know if I said that right, I probably butchered that, what separates Drake from a lot of, from like Kendrick and J. Cole, is he can make Hotline Bling, and a lot of other rappers can't make that song, you know what I'm saying, but they can, like, I'll, I'll pick, I'll go off and name like 10 rappers I'd rather have rapping on a song before I get to Drake, but if I need a song to blow up, if I need a good song written with a good ass hook, Drake is probably top five on my list of people that I'm okay. calling these. Probably top two even right now. But that's the thing that I feel like rappers haven't been coming and putting Drake into question is has he even been writing those hooks? 
what has what has Drake actually been writing? That's and that's fair. That's fair to ask. It's fair I to mean, ask if he even writes his own hooks. It's I mean, we ask. go we go back to you remember when there was a big thing with the um the BlackBerry freestyle? You're scrolling the BlackBerry. Oh like, God! Like, oh. Like, like we, I mean, we got you. You have to you have to question the validity. And again, I feel like it's only an issue with Drake because you know a lot of the Drake saying, "Well, what about such and such?" I think the only validity comes in when we question Drake is because he's claiming to be this guy. He's claiming to be that nigga. Like, you can't say I'm top two and I'm not to and then expect for people to not come and check the check the, the realness in your state. Right, that was with, with uh, Funk Flex, right? When he was uh, on his Blackberry. Who was, who yeah, was it? What it DJ was, was that? I think it was it was definitely a Hot 97 freestyle, so I'm pretty sure it was probably Funk Flex, but... You gotta, you gotta say something about that. You can't let that slide. You can't be like, oh, Drake about the freestyle, and Drake pulls out his phone and is reading from it. So if you're listening to it on the radio, you're like, oh, man, Drake is killing it. Nah, man, you, you're out here pulling the fast one, Funk. You can't let that happen. He's up there scrolling through his black... How is that a freestyle? When yeah, did that, freestyle, when does freestyle and change? I, mm. <laughs> when, when did this happen? I don't. That's the thing. We have to kind of define what freestyling is at this what moment everybody. because you know we. I, I don't. I don't know because most freestyles are built like songs. I mean, they just don't necessarily have hooks. But you take a hook out of it, and every song's a freestyle. It's just, it's hella annoying because I we know for a fact that there's rappers out there that can legit freestyle. Like I saw. The, the Vic Mensa freestyle was incredible. We've seen Sahada Prince is well known for being a freestyle. Older rappers like, you know, the, the guys out of Philly, like Freeway and Cassidy and uh, uh, Beanie Siegel. We know those guys can freestyle. We know they can go off the top of the head. We're older, like, maybe it's because we're old. We remember those, you know, Freestyle Friday, uh, Rap Seat of the Basement. We remember those moments when being able to freestyle actually mattered. Now it really, like, it doesn't. Like, one... When's the last time Kendrick hasn't freestyled in like a couple years? J. Cole hasn't freestyled in a long time. Like we're we're it's no longer a requirement, I, I don't feel like. You don't need to like for someone like Cardi B, do you think Cardi B's ever gonna freestyle? No, no one's ever gonna call for Cardi B to freestyle. Not because, you know, maybe we don't think she can or she's incapable of it, but she doesn't need to. She's got she's a she makes big songs, she's got a big ass. Uh, hook. She's got popular songs. Why would she go in there and risk the embarrassment? Because if we're if we're being honest, going into freestyle is is a risk. Because if you go in there and bomb or choke, your career could be over. Like we saw, we all saw Eight Mile. True, true. Yeah, it's a it's a it's an interesting game that we're playing. I, I definitely think the music. The, the music culture is just shifting um, because Duffy, although it says freestyle after the word Duffy, was not a freestyle. Um, I hate yeah. that. I hate it so much. And I think that, I mean, even, even when we think about like how fast somebody has to respond to a diss track, it's just the way that the music is going. It's where the industry is taking us and it's either you subscribe to it or you don't. And it's unfortunate that popular opinion is that you have to respond within 48 hours or you're done, but... Because, you know, because popular, to me, to be honest, popular opinion dictates everything. Because yeah. if you look like, let's just go back to the last beef Drake was in as far as Meek Mill. Popular listeners, popular culture will say, you know, Drake ended Meek Mill. But if you look, if you actually dive into it, you have everyone questioning 
every time you see Drake put out something hot, it's like, oh, that shit was bust. And I wonder who wrote it. Like, even though Meek necessarily, you know, on the outside, he took the L, it's like he still got everybody like thinking about the validity of what Drake says. Because Meek, when Meek, what was it? What was the name of Meek's uh, diss track? See, that's the thing. It happened so like two, three weeks after you didn't even really remember the name. But whatever the track was, he actually played the reference tracks in which Quentin Miller was on to let you know that Drake really didn't write his shit. And again, popular swept it under the rug, but I think a lot of the musicians and clearly Pusha T, that didn't fly for them. So like, they're going to continue to take jabs at all of this. And I think the one point that everyone, well, that popular listeners miss is that Drake admitted that he used ghostwriters in the Duffy freestyle. Like, I, I think we focus on so much of him attacking Pusha T that the nigga basically said, like, yeah, other people write my shit, but I help write other people's shit, too. You know? Right. And that's fair. But, and that's and it's disappointing because as a hip-hop fan, I'm thinking this is where rap has gone. This is where, this is hip-hop now. And, it, and if hip-hop wasn't always that way, you just remember, like, thinking that hip-hop was two people battling in a park going off the top of the dome just spitting and now it's like no people have time to think about it people have time to think about when they want to release it the timing of it all they get pre-releases of a song it just dilutes the whole shit (laughs) and it's just like who's gonna come back and save (laughs) who's gonna come back and save the rat beef you know to to be what it is what it really is i mean i mean at at some point within the next maybe year or two Freestyling is going to be just gone as an art form. Like, we're not even going to be... Freestyling won't be anything. We won't know... Well, we will know, but young people coming up listening to rap, they won't know what freestyling is. They won't understand the art that comes with that. And I don't think it'll be gone forever. I think at some point, you know, we'll circle around, you know, probably like 30 years and freestyling will try to make a comeback. But, you know... the. Young, young people aren't asking Takashi 69 to take hey, give us a freestyle real quick. And you could even put it on the DJs when, when someone comes up to, for an interview. They're not asking for freestyles anymore because they're probably always getting told no. Maybe they don't want it. Like we're I don't feel like we're gonna hear like how Big Sean got signed. He got signed because he was at the radio station and Kanye West was at the radio station and he freestyled for him. And Kanye liked his freestyle, so he signed him. That I feel like those days are just gone. It's free, it's a it's a new era, and and music has changed. Yeah. Rap music has changed, yeah. and it's it's no longer necessary. And I I'm kind of disappointed, but you know, it's, yeah, it's definitely I, sad. We're it, it's it, we're in the the era of hit chasing. So oh yeah, oh you know yeah. if you can if you can get a top ten on a, on a Billboard 100, like you, you're the shit. It doesn't matter what kind of content. At this point, I think. We've honestly just started back about caring about projects because after, at one point it was like, oh, if you were a viral sensational, if you had that single to go 100, you can go put out 13 other tracks that you don't really care about and that's it. But, you know, we look at Cardi B for an example. Her song, that Bodak Yellow being the number one hit, it kind of made people have expectations for her work. So they actually had to put in work to make Invasion of Privacy what it is today. So I think we're getting... It's it's a slow it's a slow transition, but we're kind of getting back to where I guess as far as us on the show where we remember hip hop being because we look at music videos. People are now taking a little bit more pride 
and putting out music videos, although they don't necessarily necessarily have, you know, platforms on TV to to expose them. I think Kendrick has really brought that out of people. His videos for uh for the damn album, the visuals for that album were damn near. Well, you know what? Let me take it. It's not Kendrick. It's actually Beyonce. If we're gonna if we're gonna keep it all the way hundred, she really brought back the importance of visuals. Now, as far as rappers, I think Kendrick brought that out of out of rappers because he. You saw how Jay-Z took it to another level. And even J. Cole is trying some new things. And um, uh, what I said, Jay-Z, J. Cole, Drake kind of tried something a little different, not the typical kind of music video. But in, in this day and age, visuals aren't that important because we don't, like we do have, like I guess TRL is back, like there is a TRL, but 106 and Park isn't around anymore. There isn't a top 10 videos. Like on, uh, I remember on I think it was like New Year's Eve, uh BT 106 and Park would play like the top hundred music videos of that year. Oh yeah. We no one's watching that. No one cares about that now. Like what have there been a hundred were there a hundred hip hop music videos out last year? That could be censored enough to be on television. Right. Just, I mean like, <laughs> like legit like legit music videos, not just oh, let me just get me and a couple of my guys just standing in a parking lot rapping, like, legit videos. Like, we don't have that because, nah. what? like, when am I going to sit sit down and watch it? Like, I, I can watch a video whenever I want to, but as far as sitting down and turning on the TV to watch a video, like, I'm not doing that. No one does that. No, but I think there's still something to be said about the YouTube kind of world where people still want to see, like, great visuals. I think there's still a a group of people who want to see good ass videos like I think I'm one of them oh. I want to see a dope creative video and I think there's still people who want to see that it's just the the popular people that are putting out that music they aren't doing it you know I, what I mean even I, Drake is put even Drake puts out the most simplest basic ass videos that you <laughs> yeah yeah I'm, I'm with you on that I, I agree with you I love to see a good visual with a song but we're not we're not getting a lot of, you know, like the This Is America video. We're not getting a lot of that. We're not getting the videos that Kendrick put out. We're not getting a lot of what Beyonce did. We're getting a lot of just running the mill, basic. Takashi six nine standing in the hood with your niggas. Yeah, yeah, we're not we're not getting a lot of great visuals, honestly. Nah. Yeah, I think it, I think it's coming. I think, like I said, I think slowly but surely we're transitioning you know we're 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 staying with the times where we're kind of going back to what the core foundation of what hip-hop became like when all all these other genres started to reach out and latch on to hip-hop like that foundation i think we're getting back to that we just have to we have to go through this period i know the last time we all spoke on the podcast together we were talking about being in that weird you know that weird transitional period and i think that's where we're at right now but I think on the other side, we're pushing through that real content. We're pushing through the real artists that are going to be here for another five to 10 years. Um, so I, it'll be interesting to see, um, but just kind of moving forward, but kind of staying with Drake. So he did um, the W freestyle, which took the internet by storm. And so the next day on OVO, OVO radio, his, his radio show, he premiered, I guess it's going to be his next single. Um, I'm upset. So, did everyone have a chance to listen? How did you feel about I it? I forgot it all about it. I listened to it and I just forgot it. I mean, it was, it was, it was a. <laughs> it's not for me. <laughs> yeah, like I was not moved. I was not moved, and that's the thing that I, 
I wish Drake could be. He's really good at writing hooks, but he's he's starting to become redundant. I want him to, like go away for a little while, <laughs> a little bit. Like I just kind of want him to just like go away. Um, for me, I heard it, and again, I'm I'm not a Drake fan. So, but I'm trying this new thing is that I'm just trying to be open to everybody. Like regardless of how I feel, just to go like listen to it. And so I press play on it. And I'm just like, listen, I'm just like, this is not it. I'm like, the Drake stands may love it. This may be the Drake's Angels theme. But for triples, this cannot, I can't play this again. This is not it. I did it. I mean, I did it yeah. twice. I listened to it twice so I can make sure I heard what I heard the first time. And once I confirmed it, I'm just like, that's not it. That's not it. Right. That's not it. I mean, and I'm a Drake fan. Like, I would consider myself not a Drake stan. Like, I'm not like overly, oh my God, Drake. But I respect what he's done, like, I've been a fan of his since, you know, comeback season. Like, I'm super, I'm, I'm super appreciative of what he's done, but I'm just like, I just want something different, something new. And I feel like Drake, even though he's black, he's a, he's a culture, like, vulture. Like, he, he just yeah. takes mm-hmm. down from everywhere. And it's just like, go back to Toronto. Like, go back to, <laughs> go back to. Build the wall. Know. Build the wall. <laughs> Keep these Canadians out of here. I'm I'm in my likes trying to look for the tweet and I can't find it but a, a guy on Twitter and I wish I knew his name so I could give him his credit but he basically said like uh what was it if you're reading this you're too late whatever that album was he was just like that's the last sub like album of substance or that period of substance from Drake and he was like everything everything since that moving forward has just been like mid and so it got me to thinking I'm just like that's actually true and like not the hate or any but if we look at the rollout for the songs for this upcoming project that's coming in a few weeks you had uh what diplomatic immunity you had god's plan uh nice for what and then now i'm upset and i'm like if you think about it, if we go and break down god's plan uh outside of diplomatic immunity i think that was a really good song it didn't have a hook so it was kind of the duppy freestyle again but it's not really it's a song but it's not a song but if we look at god's plan which was a single i mean which was a charted single and also nice for what if we look at those songs alone without the visuals they're just basic ass songs but the visual when you when you first heard god's plan it was like oh this is it's cute but then you saw the video and it was like oh wow i have to like this song because he yeah. did, he took the million dollars and then God- he, God's you, plan helped, uh, the video helped out God's plan. And also nice for what? Because you hear nice for what and you're like, okay, I get it. It's nice. But then you watch the visuals and you're like, oh my fucking gosh, Issa Rae's in it. This, like, you know, it's like, he he knows what he's doing. And I think had he dropped the visual with I'm Upset, it probably would have taken out a little bit more amongst his fan base. But I think it's a consistent, from 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 Twitter and for me, I think it's a it's, it's a stamped L, and he should probably scrap <laughs> that that song and maybe go with another one. Yeah, well, I maybe I'm in the minority, but like, nice for what is I like that song as a song by itself. Like the video, video didn't do that much for me because I, I have I've only watched that video like twice, and I've listened to that song a lot. I haven't really listened to God's plan as much, and I will also say that if you're reading this, it's too late is my favorite Drake album. I feel like that's the best that Drake has ever been. And I, they, uh, Complex did a, a breakdown of all his albums. And they said, if, if when they broke it down, they said, if you're reading this is too late, had the least amount of singing on it. It had the most rapping out of all of his albums. So I was like, maybe that's why I like it so much. But with this with this single that he put out, I'm Upset, it's, it's, typical, it's typical Drake. It's Drake 
he'll drop, you know, zero to 100 or zero, or he'll drop zero to 100. He'll drop summer 16. He'll drop back to back. And then his album is views like a trash ass album, but he has all these good ass songs. You're like, yo, this dude can rap. He's coming for, he's, he's really going to bring it. And then he drops views and you're like, what the fuck is this? This is trash. What happened to the Drake from summer 16 or zero to hundred or, or back to back or 9am and that, where's that Drake at? And it depends on who's in the room with him. Uh, apparently I don't, so. I, see, apparently I, don't even so. Think that. I think it's because again, and shout out to Charlie, because we talked about this too. I think, you you look at look at the other the other person on his label with the same kind of star power well had a lot of the star power Nicki Minaj they yes. both when they're in quote unquote album mode they feed their core hip hop base because they know that's what we want to hear but when those album comes they're actually they're really catering to the people who are buying the albums the pop the pop heads you know because those are I I say it not to be a hater but Drake is a pop star he's just a pop star that happens to rap. Nicki Minaj yeah. is a pop star that just so happens to rap. Like, see, I'm I'm on I'm on the other side of that. I'm on the other side because I I I me per I've said it I've said it for maybe five years now. I've said that Nicki Minaj is the best rapper on that label, and it's because of and now now she doesn't have like you know classic albums either, but neither does Drake. I think that when it comes to rapping, Nicki Minaj is a better rapper. Like Drake will put out back to back and then drop i'm upset but if we look at the songs that Nicki minaj just put out just this year with like chung lee barbie tings the feature poke it out um the song with yg that just came out all four of those songs are better than i'm upset and they might be better than uh god's plan and um nice for what like Nicki minaj is a is a solid rapper and i'm gonna keep saying it every time i get on this podcast if Nicki Minaj was brought up, I'm going to say this. This album for her is the fork in the road for her career as a rapper. I need this album to be great so I can solidify my stance as her being the best rapper on that label. Because I will, I will. it, it sounds crazy, but I, I honestly truly believe that she's a better rapper than Drake. And and these songs, I feel like these songs prove that. Like, she's just a, she's a better rapper. Drake makes I better songs she's a better, better rapper. rapper. I think she's to go back to the idea that there's a difference between being a lyricist and a rapper and just like making really good songs. She doesn't make the good songs that Drake does. She doesn't. No, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, Drake is clearly he he's one of the best songwriters out here. Like he's he's a great songwriter. She 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 came from rapping. She came from mixtape rapping. I mean, Drake ain't got that. The Kim vibe. So I could I could get with that though. Like I could get with Nicki being. So, Drake, you know, Drake, or Drake doesn't have a beat me up Scotty. He, he doesn't have yeah. that. He doesn't have a, a mixtape where it's just like, hey, just get on these songs and just start ripping it. He doesn't have that. And not, and, and the, the thing that hurts me is that Nicki Minaj's albums, especially her first one, it was just too many pop singles. It was just too they, many of them. They went the she just, route. They, they, just, the they route. just pushed it too much and that it, it hurt. But the, uh, the pink print, I thought that was a good album. I thought it was too long. Like if they had took out a couple of songs, that that song that album would have solidified her as like, okay, she needs to be a force to be reckoned with as a rapper. But I, I just think that she needs better people around her to tell her like, hey, we don't need this. Like, there's no problem with having a pop song or two, but we we got to take some of these songs out of here. But like I said, if 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 I was if someone dissed me 
and or and I needed a rapper, just that rapper to write me a diss track back. And I can only pick between Drake and Nicki Minaj. I'm picking Nicki Minaj all day. What? Oh yeah, for a lyricist, yeah. 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 If yeah. we're if she's bigger than Drake. Yeah. If it's if it's a freestyle Friday battle and I can pick Drake or Nicki Minaj, I'm picking Drake or I'm picking Nicki Minaj. If it's uh uh if we're going to rap seat in the basement and I'm a label head and I can send one of my two rappers, Drake or Nicki Minaj, I'm sending Nicki. She's a better rapper. And I, I feel like I'm crazy when I say this because nobody agrees with me. But no, no, if, we listen, think... if we listen to her rap, she's a better rapper. She's she's terrible at putting albums together, but she's a better rapper. Yeah, I mean, but I think it's because Nikki, Nikki can change her flows. It's not as it's not for me when I when I say I agree with that statement. It's not necessarily bar for bar. I feel like she's better than Drake but I think she brings something she brings something that's different every time she touches the mic you never you can ha- I mean overall possibly but you never really hear the same Nicki Minaj song over and over like she can she can change her flow up within one verse she can give you three or four different flows so it's just like it's always something different with her with Drake it's like you get the same like monotone as cadence and it's just like after a while it's like all right I'm not even listening anymore it's like you're just doing what you're doing. So I agree. Um, I just look at it from a different angle more so than what you're looking at it as. I think it more so has to do with her fan base also. Like her fan base is a lot of young, young people, young teenage girls. And they're not really, and 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 I'm not going to fault Nikki for this. I'm not going to, I'm never going to fault someone for trying to make as much money as she can because those pops up like Starships, that was a, like we hate on that song. But that was like the biggest song of that year when it came out. It was a big ass <laughs> song. She made a lot of money. She gained a lot of fans. She got the Ellen crowd. That's what Nikki did. She no super she crossed no, super bass. Super bass was that track. Super, yeah, she but she has those songs that will get her to, the, to get her to Ellen. And I'm I, I'm not mad at her because she's doing what she can to make as much money as she can and to break all of Aretha Franklin's records. And that's that's fine. <laughs> the shot. <laughs> if we're gonna. If, but I'm saying, but if she was just to stick to rapping, like if she would have signed to, uh, maybe if she signed to a different label, if she signed with a different uh, label group or maybe signed with like a Jay-Z instead of Lil Wayne, who's just going to let you do whatever. I feel like her career might be a tad bit different and a tad bit better, but she might not be as popular. Yeah. She might not be yeah. the, the me- like, cause Nicki Minaj is a megastar. Like everybody knows Nicki Minaj. Like she, when we talk about female rappers, we don't bring up Rhapsody. We don't bring up Eve. We don't bring up Trina. We don't bring up Remy Ma. We bring up Nicki Minaj. That's true. That's who we talk about. She is the face of female rappers right now. So she did what she needed to do to get to that spot. And I'm not going to hate on her for that. But I need this. I need this. This Queen album to be great. I need it to. Be well, great. this is this is this is it. And then we're gonna move forward from Nicki. I don't, I don't even really. I don't even remember how we got here. But. <laughs> But with with Nikki, she said it, and I still think it's the worst thing she that she has in her brain. She said that she will never make a complete rap album. And what I give Cardi, and when I when I make this 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 debate, when you know when the, the, the Nikki Cardi argument starts, I'm just like, Cardi did what Nicki Minaj thinks she does. Cardi made a rap album, and yes, she had those poppy songs like the song with um, SZA, the song with Kehlani, like. Those were poppy light songs. Even be careful. She sang on the hook. Nicki Minaj loves to sing for whatever reason. But I'm like, you can do those things that you enjoy, like singing. You can also do those things that you enjoy by making pop crossover tracks. 
and still stick with your core fan base. I think what Cardi did was make a rap album and she gave the she gave each side that she kind of gravitate towards a piece of the pie. Whereas with Nicki, it's just like, fuck hip hop. You know, if you want to hear hip hop, go listen to my feature. Go listen to some random song I'm going to put out when I'm in album mode. So I just think the team around Nicki, Queen, especially with it being named Queen, and I'm assuming she's talking about the Queen of Rap, she needs to fucking rap. And she needs to rap hard and she needs to rap really good. And she needs she needs to channel Monster Nikki and mixtape Nikki and also I do a whole bunch of good rap features Nikki on this Queen album. That's what we need. Based on Chun Lee and Barbie Tings, I don't think we're gonna get that. Oh no. No. I don't think just King Kong. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> I like those songs though. I like Barbie Tings though. I like I, the joke is I like Barbie Tings more than I like Chun Lee, but apparently oh, yeah. the the barbs went up for Chun Lee and that's the the single. I don't think Barbie Tings will make the Queen album just because it didn't do God damn it. Come on, she, man. That's my heart of hearts. I, because she again, Young Money, whether it's Young Money or whether Nicki and Drake know the same people and they give them the same shit, they do it. They put out two singles at one time, whatever one sticks, that's the one that goes on the album. Like so Chun Lee charted, it's charting high. That's the one she did on SNL, like because she didn't do Barbie Tings on SNL. She did Chun Lee and Poke It Out with Playboy Cardi which is not even her song. So I, I really think Barbie Teens is just going to be one of those songs that it happened, but it, it was of the moment and she doesn't want that to go down within her history, I mean, within her legacy. So. And if the album is anything like Chun-Li, like I'm not, I'm, I'm straight, I'm good. <laughs> I mean, be, be sure to listen to the committee podcast when we break down the Queen album, uh, August, what the album comes out August 10th. So we'll, we'll have a little. Yeah, she got to push back. Um, so I guess kind of like moving on and getting ready to wrap it all up with rap beef when we talked about the game, um, you know, where we're at as a culture musically, how do you guys, or, well, one, do you rank this Pusha T Drake beef or Pusha T Lil Wayne Young Money Cash Money beef? Do you place this in your like top five beefs of all time in hip hop? No. What? What? No. (laughs) I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna also say no also. <laughs> so I guess with, with with those being no, give me, you know, not they don't have to be in order, of course, because it's on the spot, but give me your top five like hip hop beefs. Oh if, if we're going all time, it's you gotta mention Jay-Z and Nas, of course. You gotta oh, mention yeah. uh you gotta mention Ice Cube and uh NWA. I personally go with uh I like the TI and Ludacris beef. I like the 50 Cent versus Rick Ross beef, and I liked the game versus G Unit beef. Oh, yeah. Listen, the game gave G Unit the whole G Unit. Gave him everything. A whole bunch of bar. I didn't even, honestly, I'm thinking about, I didn't even think about that actual beef. And that, to me, that's that's a top five beef of, of hip hop. The game is if I needed to beef someone to save my life, he's the one I'm calling like all the time, ever. If I need someone, if I need one person to beef somebody to save my life, I'm calling the game. That's just me, though. What about you, Summertime? What you What you think? What's in your your top five uh, rap beefs of all time? Or not? So uh, I guess I'll give mine. Uh, definitely Jay Z and Nas. Definitely Jay Z and Nas. Um, Biggie and Tupac. That's like the class. Like, oh God, damn it! Wow, wow. You gotta, you gotta wow. go. Like, listen, I, you I, gotta put you gotta put Biggie and Tupac up there. I'm with you on that. One. Yeah, high, that's I my love, bad. That's my bad. Listen, I, 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 love, I forgot I about that. I love Biggie. I love Biggie, but 
I grew up in a Tupac household. And when I tell you five, six-year-old tribbles, I could quote the end of Hit Em Up, that rant, you know, grandma letting it, my grandma loves the end rant of Hit Em Up. So Hit Em Up, the Tupac Biggie has to go number one. Like, I know we're not ordering, but that's number one for me just because, like, coming up, that was the beef I knew. Um, for me, I love the the T.I. and uh, Gucci Man. That was a very down south kind of spotlight beef but i think that was a very very huge beef also jeezy and gucci man was also a big beef that you know of course that i mean unfortunately it ended up with little bloodshed but that was a huge beef and um i don't know go go ahead summertime i'm gonna try to think of my last one i don't so i agree with mostly what every what you guys just said especially biggie tupac like nwa and ice i think um something that was super low-key but kind of not was 50 cent and ja rule like i don't know why i remember oh yeah oh yeah like especially with the both of them having like so many hits like that was a beat that i was definitely here for um outside of just the major ones i'm trying to think i actually i like the drake and joe button one because i feel like joe button literally murdered drake and joe button so slips them up <laughs> under the radar so bad i'm still i'm still mad about the fact that joe button never got his credit for just like he's not popular enough it's not it's not popular at all so that's why i'm like but joe button is so cold with the lyrics like that it it was it was easy that was the easy win for him um what else i'm trying to think of some some super dope like beefs I'm kind of on the spot other than like the normal pack and big I'm gonna tell I'm gonna tell y'all the underrated <laughs> underrated dumb beef that happened uh R Kelly and uh Jay-Z uh, well oh well I, gonna, <laughs> I wasn't even gonna say that when first off Jay-Z told me a long time to cancel R Kelly after that shit but <laughs> I didn't listen. I was still trying to hold on. I was, I should have been R. Kelly back when Best of Both Worlds and all that shit dropped. But I was going to actually say the R. Kelly Trey Songz beef was actually hilarious. That was one of my favorite low-key beefs that nobody paid attention to. <laughs> no, nobody really, yeah. <laughs> that was, because it was like the, it was like the father and the son beef. Like, nobody could really take Trey Songz seriously. I mean, it's R. Kelly. No, no respect to him as a person. I mean, because he is who he is, but respect to his music. Trey Songz and R. Kelly, I mean, come on now. It doesn't, it's no, there's no, I'm going to take it back. Um, now that I think about it, Juice Crew and, and um, Boogie Down Productions. I oh, remember the bridge is like, over. The bridge is over. Like a kid, like, just yeah. listening to just the on wax type shit like that, and the real Roxanne beefs like that. Oh I think that's yeah, one of my favorite beefs. Oh you know, yeah, the, the real Rock, the Roxanne beefs was like probably one of my favorites because of the fact there was so many beefs, like beef tracks that came out of that, like so many comeback tracks that came out of that that whole thing. It was it was crazy. Listen, KJ, I know KJ is gonna listen. Shout out to KJ. We, I'm gonna I'm gonna make you a playlist of like what she's talking about because kj i think i put Probably k I put, I put kj on mr me too like i put i made him a playlist and i put that song on he's like oh my gosh this is so dope i never heard it before and i'm like oh shit but he's he's oh, 16 yeah. he's 16 or 17 something like that mm -hmm. he's, he's younger uh, so. yeah young boy, young boy yeah so we're gonna put kj i Recently, promise I'm gonna put i like this beef 
I think you mentioned it, um, Tribbles. I think the beef was just like the South, like who invented the trap versus like T.I., Gucci. Oh, yeah. Like that Jeezy, that whole little debate. I don't know if it blew up anything further than like a week or two, but that whole discussion of who invented trap rap, I think is a beef that needs to be explored because, of the, but I know the South, I know Atlanta niggas not going to do that. So they not about nah. that. Like, But if they were to ever get to that, who invented trap rap is like a whole nother topic in itself. We we may have to do an episode on that because I have my feelings. I, I I I get it. You know, a lot of people like to credit it to Ti. I yeah, I, that's me. I I I know. I, I I think Ti made it popular. It's one of those things like who made who made it and then who made it popular. I think Ti made it popular, but yeah, there is a difference. It's yeah. it's one thing to make it. To, yeah. to be the innovator, but then it's another thing to when did the mainstream get a hold of it? It's right. like it's like gangster rap, you know. Like right. I, like they give a lot of credit to not ice, not ice tea, but he gives credit to someone else. But the person he gives credit to, no one's ever heard of. Yeah, they're not ice tea. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's like. Uh, I think that happens a lot because, like, perfect example, like the Migos flow. Like they, a lot of people talk about how they didn't even create that flow. It was some unknown we, I won't say unknown rapper because people know him, but like not a popularized rapper that made up that cadence flow so um, well, they give a lot of credit to, to three six I I thought their flow came from um because I hear a lot of um oh god damn it ah, what's the song damn I'm drawing, I'm drawing a blank I'm gonna get it back hang on hang on hang on feel my <laughs> not not feel my fuck hang on go go do talk about something else I'm gonna find this song because <laughs> well, I, I got it in my head hang on I, I, I gotta find it uh, it's all good. It's all good. I know. It was, I feel like that was a whole other the topic for the day, but nah, that's definitely one of my one of my top beefs. But of course, the the Jay Z and Nas beef was like. I think that was the part. that was the first. Well, I won't say the first, but I think that was the most yeah. notable hip hop beef. And I know it was. I know it was a lot of bigger ones prior to, but I think because mm-hmm. at that moment, like two thousand one, like hip hop was again being being digested by a lot of people outside of the uh, outside of the black culture so a lot like the uh roxanne shante beef and the boogie down product like all of that that's like some like hardcore hip-hop hands and yeah black people know that like a lot of people don't know those beefs actually existed but i think jay-z and nas outside of tupac and biggie as well because of course yeah. i think but i think their murders like with them being killed like made that such a bigger deal for everyone outside of our culture but i think in regards to reaching the mass audience that jay-z nas beef was probably everyone's biggest intro into it and i think we don't talk a lot about that 50 cent ja rule beef because 50 cent essentially i'm gonna say he killed his career and then 50 cent went and did every single thing that ja rule that he like shitted on ja rule for doing like making you know, pop songs or songs with R&B singers. Like, the, from Curtis, from Curtis on to, that's all uh, 50 Cent has been trying to do. <laughs> it was a, uh, it was Crime Mob is who I was thinking of. Oh, that's, yeah. That's, that's who I hear when I listen to Migos, but a lot of people give uh, um, 3 Six Mafia their credit for the Migos flow, like they were yeah. doing it first. It's a, it's a guy that he's the guy that they, that everyone references to. I think he's from like Memphis. He's he's connected somehow to Three Six, so kind of the same thing you just said. But I, I forget his name. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's like we were saying before. It's it's really about who makes it popular. 
Like, cause you can be the inventor of something, but if it's not, if it's not popping when you're doing it, then you didn't invent it. You didn't create it until it's, until the mainstream gets a hold of it. But yeah, um, so one, one of the biggest beefs we, we, we forgot about um, that's still currently like going on. And I guess it'll lead us to our last and final point is yay versus the people. You know, this, this is oh. a big beef right now. Um, you know, shout out to that. I won't say it's a horrible song, but that interesting song. Um, so with June 1st coming up, 11 days from my birthday, once the first comes, so guys remember that, but how do you guys feel like this Kanye album is going to sound after hearing the production from Pusha T's album? How do we think the production is going to sound, uh, with his feature on Pusha T's album, the couple of tracks he's released so far, what are, what are, what are our expectations or our anticipations for this new Kanye album that we're getting on the first? So I think that. For, for me, my personal opinion, because I still have not canceled Kanye, I don't care what the fuck the internet is saying about Kanye. Um, I don't care what Kanye is saying about shit. The music is what matters. Like, that's, for me, I could care less about how he feels about Trump or everything else. Um, my thing is, it depends on the content. But I know the production is going to be fire. I mean, you, he made the album in the middle of Wyoming and Utah for, like, most of good music. So you're going to get these sounds that are just, like, just different. You you got that with Daytona, like just these sounds that are just like exploring just hip hop and samples and bass and guitars and and hooks and everything else. So I know you. We I feel like we know we're gonna get the production quality that we're gonna get. Now the bars, the lyrics, I think it's gonna be subpar. I mean, I don't I don't expect Kanye to go in hard. I don't expect him to come in like on some lyrical you know, top five, like, it's just going to be some shit that is going to be okay. And I feel like he's going to be controversial in his lyrics because of his, you know, his current state of mind about Trump and all that other shit. So I feel like we might get a little bit of that political influence into the album. I hope it doesn't encompass the entire album. I hope that it's still, you know, I hope that it's not a yay versus the people kind of album. Like, I really hope that's not a song on the album, but you never know. I mean... Well, really quick. Even before, with Ye versus the people, the the fucking production was still fire. It's just the song sure. was trash. Like <laughs> before, before we hear what Marcus has to think, what do you think about the album cover? Because I guess like now that's going to be the thing for the good music sector that we're going to go on for these next couple of weeks. What do you think this album cover for this unnamed Kanye project? What is it going to look like, or do you think he's going to play it he safe? Was supposed to be using the the face of like the surgeon for his from his mom or something. I don't know if that like actually went through. And I know the surgeon like like gave him like a cease and desist I don't know you know it's gonna be I feel like it's, it's gonna be controversial I know that I just I don't know if he actually got away with putting the the surgeon on the album cover or if he you know got blocked from doing that but if even if it's not the surgeon I feel like it's gonna be something controversial or something that's gonna be like oh my god I can't believe he did that because wow. that's what he yeah true so what, what are you thinking Marcus uh I'm hoping that it's along the lines of uh how Pusha T's album sounded because I, I thought the beats and production were fairly dark and the and the bass was really heavy, which was something different from him. Uh, as far as expectations, I, no matter what Kanye says on Twitter or what he says in interviews, my expectation for the production has not changed. I expect it to be high level. I expect it to be great because that's what he does. That's what he brings to the table. He's arguably one of the greatest producers in music ever. So I expect the beats to be fire. Uh, I really don't expect him to be rapping like he was, say, on, like, Watch the Throne. 
but I would I I expect there I'm expecting him to have a few features like I'm I'm going to assume that Kid Cudi is going to be on this project. I'm going to assume Rick Ross is going to be on this project also, and I'm only and, and Pusha T. I'm I'm expecting them to be on it also just because they were in Wyoming with him. Now I don't they haven't said who all was there with him, but I know those three were there, so I expect those three to at least make some sort of appearance or have a writing credit but as far as album cover goes it'll it'll be something that we're going to talk about it's not going to be just a a run-in-the-mill album cover like just oh this is my album cover whatever no one cares it's going to be something that we talk about uh for me i think i think the production is going to be flawless i think every single album that we're going to get during this good this good music run is going to be flawless production i think kanye is a perfectionist and and he and he has a chip on his shoulder. Is that chip like should it be there? I don't really think so, but I think he does have one on his shoulder. So production wise, I think it's gonna be great. I think he will speak to Jay-Z. I know I'm the only one looking for it because I'm a whole fan, but I think he will speak on Jay-Z and their kind of situation. Um maybe kind of expound on it a little bit more like he did in the Charlemagne interview. Um I don't think I don't think any of these songs that he's going to release on this album will be um, radio radio singles. I don't think they will be cleaned up to be radio singles at all. No, I, no. I don't I don't foresee this 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 content um, because it's lap no not the last album. Jesus really didn't have radio hits. We're not getting um, a gold digger. Yeah, yeah. I don't think any radio hits. I'm not really. I'm not really looking for features, but I'm pretty sure he'll have them. So I'll be interested to see who gets the nom. I'm pretty sure that it's going to be seven tracks on this one too. I think Pusha alluded to in his Hot 97 or his interview with Angie Martinez, one of the two, that everyone's project is going to have about seven songs. Yeah. Um, So I don't think, I don't think, yeah, we're not going to get a lot of content, but I think what we do get, it'll be like flawless production, but we will have, we will have a lot to digest. I mean, to unpack. In those seven songs album cover i would not be surprised if out of all the album covers that we're gonna get his may be the one that's the actual chill one like it's just like maybe him standing on the hill of all his like land that he just bought in wyoming that he's gonna put up this yeezus factory or whatever the fuck he's bought the land for so so he he had so we had push it well designer actually came out with an album that whatever he had an <laughs> album push the t put out an album kanye west is next then Tiana, that, Tiana no, Taylor. No, then okay. So June first, we have Kanye. June eighth is Gay and Kid Cudi. Oh, okay. Yeah, June fifteenth yeah. is Nas. June twenty second is Tiana Taylor. So that she ends out the good, the good music, Good Friday type. The one, the one, the one thing I'm going to be curious about is that if say all because we can all agree that Pusha T's album was fire, right? Like, yeah, most definitely, it's a fire album. And is we it, well, ex- well, well, let's ask this before we go on. Is it a classic? I know no. it's. I know, I know we hate doing the early. Is it a classic conversation? But is Daytona a classic? No. <laughs> I think it's a classic in, in his in his discography. I think it goes. I think it has a it's a it has a high playback value, and I think it will rank in the in the top. One I think it's. I, I think it's one of his better projects, but I, I'm classic. No, I don't think so. Okay, so still still early, but we're saying cl- no classic right yeah. now. Cool. Well, I guess I was. I'm, I'm curious to see what happens at the end of this good music run with all these artists releasing an album. So if, if all these albums that come out are like really good to hot, 
my question is going to be, why wasn't Big Sean there? Because he needs this. <laughs> like he needs you, to be. You know he needs you to be in the room with this. Because Big Sean got on one of the a song that I feel like could be could could have possibly been the summer anthem or one of our summer anthems, which is YG's new song called Big Bang. And he was a fucking conscious rapper. Like he's on he's on the same track with YG, Two Chains, Nicki Minaj, and Big Sean's on there. He's placed directly in the middle. So it's like you have to kind of listen to the nigga. And he just gets on there spitting conscious bars. And I'm like, Big Sean, this is not you. At the end of the day, this is not you. Like Big Sean is going through identity crisis. And yes, he, he, I don't, he's another one. He's another one that's killing me right now. I don't want I don't want Ye to waste his amazing production he, oh, no no save big sean save we'll, his career we'll try, we'll try next year well next year save save big sean's career he had a really good album in my in a uh, dark sky paradise it was really as good I, as i said last like last music podcast if it's not 2088 part two i'm really good on big sean for the moment <sighs> but um but yeah i think it's i think it's time for us to get out you know if you if you're still listening to this thank you we love you. Um, yeah. So, anybody got any shout outs before we get out of here? Shout out to shout out to the two people that still listen to designers music. <laughs> that was very disrespectful. <laughs> your boy Sappy Seven Six, the canceled culture curator. So, designer has some good music now. I don't know why you hate my boy. No, designer, <laughs> designer. Listen, designer, designer is a, a special cup of tea, but designer was not bad like i think even in the beginning like panda to timmy turner like that transition was really well for me he's only um, like what 19 or something like that too give us some time yeah give some time to he's he's under he's under the right roster to gain what he needs to gain to i don't well i think designer be end up being like top 10 grades all the time no but i think after after a while you know eventually he'll get to that part where a lot of people are stomaching his his music a lot better than we are now. I need a designer Fetty Wap mixtape. That's what I need. That would be my my dream mixtape at the moment. So shout out to Brooklyn. <laughs> Patterson was good, gang. Oh yeah, shout out to our, that, like that's my shout out for this week. Shout out to all my friends out in Patterson. Um, you know who you are. They probably won't listen to it. I'll send them the link because I shouted out Patterson, but you know, whatever it is, what it is. But Saida, you you got anything you want to say before we close out? I guess not. You know, I mean, she we gotta we gotta remember she's in Atlanta tournament. Oh yeah, like, look, she probably look she probably didn't left the podcast. With <laughs> so shout out to everybody in Atlanta for Memorial Day weekend. Um, that and shout out to everybody that enjoyed or went somewhere for Memorial Day weekend. So yeah, it's back to work tomorrow. Yes, it is. So again, uh, appreciate everybody checking us out. Definitely drop us a rating on Apple Podcasts or leave a comment on SoundCloud. Uh, follow us. You can follow me at Sal3706. You can follow Marcus at Marcus underscore Sniffles. And Tribbles, I have no idea what your Twitter is because the Z's and the S's, I get confused. All right. It's it's underscore Tribbles. So it's two B's and a Z at the end. Y'all, that's me. Um, yeah. So follow me. Oh, and follow the Aux DJ. That's A-U-X DJ. Um, on Twitter as well for your all your playlist needs. Shameless plug. Yeah, so if you're also listening, there's any albums that you want to hear us review, you want us to check out, or somebody new, you can email me at AugustaWorkflow706, uh, Augusta the City Workflow706 at gmail.com. We will definitely chop that up. And again, as we end the podcast as usual, uh, the world's school of life is important, but the world's prepare is vital. We out.